morning, and I'm not talking about those of you that conceal, but I'm talking about the visible Word of God that you have in your hand or in your lap. I'd like you to go with me to Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and I want to share just a few verses. And, you know, sometimes we can get so complicated and make things so complicated when really things are, are so, so very simple and so very realistic, and, you know, God has established the purpose, and God has established the plan. We have some promises concerning uh, this morning. The Word says that we will come in one way, and we will leave another. And hopefully that leaving another is better than when you came in. The Word says a good man falls down seven, gets back up eight. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you missed a real powerful teaching about that, but it seems like that as we, per, as we pursue life, it seems like that life sometimes is such a struggle and such a frustration, and sometimes even the things that seem to be simple aren't so simple, and it just gets cloudy. Sometimes life just gets cloudy, and, you know, we, we question ourselves, and we question our motives, and we question our priorities, and, and we ask, why are, why, why are we here? What, what's our purpose? What's our plan? Is it just paycheck to paycheck? Is it just from one, one scenario to another? What, what, what is everything all about? And uh, I know those are probably questions that go through everybody's mind at one particular time. Uh, but the word is very clear as to my, my part and uh, what I'm supposed to be in your life and what I'm supposed to be doing in your life. And notice, if you will, some of the things that uh, take place when we attend the house of God and we're part of the family of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart and proclaim liberty to the captive and to the opening of the prison them that are bound. To proclaim that acceptable year of our Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. And here's the point I want to make concerning where we are and what God has for us. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Uh, it it seems like this morning that God is a God that's a God of trade. Uh, God is a God of commerce. God is a God this morning that he wants to trade something. He wants to take what you have to offer him, which is usually not all that good, and he wants to turn it around and to make it better. And as, as we talk about coming to the house of God and we talk about the, 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 the beauty for ashes and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, when we are in this world, and, and uh, this is something that happened uh, not too long ago, but I was in a scenario, uh, and I'll just, I'll just tell you the scenario. I went to a, uh, I went to a, um, rest- uh, a, uh, a place where you go uh, if you have a nervous breakdown, and I was not there as a patient, um, I didn't have a nervous, nervous breakdown. I was there as a pastor, and uh, was was involved in trying to to help a young man that was going through some tough times. And uh, a, a really, it was a really really busy week, and a really really Mish didn't have the time to just stop everything that I was doing and and load up and head. The Chattanooga is not that big a deal, but the, I knew that the commitment would be a two- or three-hour commitment. And uh, as I got ready to make this journey to stand up for a place, I just felt a, um, 
I just felt a nudge to stop, and, and uh, I got a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper, and I got a case of Nutter Butter, and I got a pa case of chocolate chip cookies, and I hope I'm not making anybody hungry this morning. But uh, I got the Dr. Pepper, got the cookies, and I got the Nutter Butters, and went to a, a very depressing place, a very, uh, I don't know if you can uh, comprehend the place where, where people are struggling mentally, and uh, they're trying to be healed, and they're medicated, and they're going through everything that uh, they're, they're going through. And I did not know that the day that I selected these gifts, that it was a young man's birthday. I had no, I had no idea it was his birthday, but uh, when I got there, uh, no one had wished him happy birthday. No one had uh, even acknowledged it was his birthday, and uh, it, you'd, you'd be surprised the joy on someone's face or receiving a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper. Now, I know Courtney can relate because she is a Dr. Pe Pepper because I, I always pick her up a case of Dr. Pepper for downstairs, but it was, it was like, it was like, that, and, and you, you get to thinking about it's the simple things of life that touch people, that bless people. It's not sometimes the big, the big um, explosive things, but it's the things that you just do. And uh, while we were there, uh, they wait every five hours to smoke a cigarette. And uh, while we were there, uh, it, came, it came to be the cigarette smoking time. So I went with them out to the cigarette smoking place and uh, sat there with them. And it was kind of funny. They only have 30 minutes, and I noticed that uh, the, the girl came with the cart and had their, they're not allowed to have cigarettes or matches or lighters or anything, but it's, a, it's a, obviously a, a, a watched-over moment. And I noticed that uh, she gave one person two cigarettes, and then she gave another person three cigarettes, but my friend was the four-cigarette guy, and uh, I watched them in 30 minutes do their best to smoke four cigarettes within that 30-minute window. And it was kind of out, it was outside, kind of in a corridor, courtyard place. And it seemed like that no matter where I moved, it was like smoke. It was like it was chasing me down and hunting me and invading my, my, my sinuses. And, my, and it was like it, no matter where I tried to move in that particular courtyard, it was just... It was smoky. It was smoky, and it got all over me. And uh, I left that place. I left that place smelling like smoke. I believe this morning, as we leave the house of God, there's a certain smell that we should have. That there should be a certain fragrance or a certain aroma. And uh, when we talk about coming to the house of God and trading beauty for ashes, and we talk about the spirit of joy or the spirit of heaviness. Uh, if we're not careful, and I walked into the um, Exxon station this morning to get a cup of coffee, and uh, they, the, over, the, over the radio, um, there was a guy preaching, and uh, he was, um, to me, he sounded kind of harsh, and it uh, seemed like that, that the God that he was representing to me was a God that is very hard to please, and God that's very particular, and a God that's very in your face, and and almost the attitude that God doesn't really even like you, that he just tolerates you because he's God, and that's what he does. And uh, I'm so glad that I don't serve that kind of God. I'm so glad that I serve a God that he cares what's going on in my life, and, and he wants to be involved in the things that I'm involved in, and he wants to change me, and he wants his, his, his love, his church, his fellowship, and everything about that to change me. And I got to think about some of the things that 
I have to give to God. And, uh, you know, some of those things aren't all that great. But this morning, if there are some things that uh, you need to give to God, I'm here to tell you that he wants to take whatever you offer him. And it may be smoky. You may smell like the, the, the smell of the world might be on you. The smell of, of, of failure might be on you. The smell of discouragement might be on you. The smell of depression might be on you. But I have learned the song says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he shall surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. So this morning, if you'd allow me, there are just some things that I would like to leave here and allow God to turn around. Is that okay? I want this morning to give me, I want to give him my anguish so he can make me anointed. I want to give him my brokenness so that I can be blessed. I want to give him that crushed heart so I can be changed. I want this disabled attitude to be dynamic. This emptiness I feel, I want to be empowered. This frustration, I would really like some fulfillment. This grievance, I would like to be grateful. In this hurt, I would like to be healed. Do I have a friend? As I am injured, I want to be invincible. As I am judged, I want him to make me joyful. As I am limitless, I want him to make me limitless. Hello. If I'm marred, I want to be molded. If I'm neglected, I want to be new. If I'm oppressed, I want to be optimistic. Am I talking to anybody in the building today? If I'm painful, I want to be peaceful. If I'm ruined, I'd like to be restored. If I'm shriveled, I'd like to be strong. If I'm traumatized, I'd like to be triumphant. If I'm undone, I would like to become uncommon. If I'm victimized, I would like to be victorious. And if I'm withered, I would like to be well. Those are some of the things that I would like for God to do for me in this moment, in this session, while we are here together. And as I looked at some of the things that, and you know, there, there are good things that, that we're giving to God this morning. I'm not being critical or negligent in those points. But I'm just saying we live in a world that's condemned. We live in a world that's, that's frustrated. We live in a world, uh, if, you'll, if you watch any of the news media whatsoever, we are in some really, really trying times. And it does look like there's going to be a skirmish with Iran. There's going to be a skirmish with North, North Korea. We feel safe because we're 12,000 miles away. But as we look at some of these nuclear warheads, we realize we're not really 12,000 miles away. We're 12 minutes away is how long I think it takes for the nuclear warhead to get from North Korea. So it's not, it's not that big of a window. We're not all that safe. We're all at a place where if the enemy can, he would like to take us out and destroy us. But I'm, glad, I'm so glad to tell you this morning, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That we're able to live tomorrow and not be worried and not be frustrated and not be condemned and not feel guilty. To know who we are in Christ and what Christ has for us. And I made up a list of 13 things that I wanted to share with you. That I'm here to tell you this morning that whatever you're going through, God has the ability to work it out. He has the ability to turn it around. He has the ability to restore. I made a list here that says, when I feel like I can't figure it out. Can anybody relate? I can't figure it out. It seems like I've been doing this so much. It's like, I don't know, the hamster in the cage. The cage goes round and round. And I'm constantly trying to make some sense out of something that makes no sense. When I say I can't figure it out, God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I will direct your steps. Aren't you glad this morning? Three things about your steps. They're ordered, they're ordained, and they're orchestrated. That right now God is singing over you. 
and he's singing songs of comfort and songs of peace and songs of hope that when you feel like you're at a place where I don't know what's left, I don't know what's right, I don't know what's up, I don't know what's down, I don't know about my finances, I don't know about my marriage, I don't know about my ministry, I don't know about my health. There's questions, there's frustrations, there's challenges. I got some things in my body. I'm not sure what's going on. I got some stuff happening right now that I really don't have the solution to. The Bible says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thy own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your steps. And then I thought about Jerry about being too tired. I am tired. I am weary. I am burnt out. I am, I am, I am frazzled. Can anybody relate this morning? It just seemed like this this Monday through Friday stretches through Monday through Sunday. I'm working every day. I'm trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to make ends meet. And to be honest with you, I'm just tired. And when I get to a place where I'm just tired, God says in Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. This morning that we don't have to be frazzled, we don't have to be worn out, but we can receive that energy and that effort from God that tries to help us and tries to bless us. And then I look at some of the things that I am encountering and some of the things that some of the declarations that I have made and some of the decisions that I have made, some things that I would like to see happen, and I simply sometimes throw up my hands and, and Kelly, I just say, it's impossible. It is impossible to do what I'm supposed to do with what I've been given. And when we say it's impossible, Luke 18 and 26, the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. So I'm here to tell you this morning, if he's given you a path to walk, a song to sing, a chore to do, a life to live, he's going to come back and empower you that you're able to do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. And then I get to a place where I know this is, this is, uh, I rarely, I rarely come to this place, but there are times in my life when you really feel like I am all alone, I'm on my own, nobody cares, nobody, as Pastor Todd was saying, oh, Eeyore, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me, nobody, I'm out here all by myself trying to do the right, is anybody can relate to that? I'm out here trying to do the right thing and nobody cares, and then God in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons this morning. I am loved. Somebody does care about me. He's got my back. He cares what I'm going through, and he's here to work everything out. Do I have a friend in the, in the house this morning? It is, it is often, and um, I don't know how many of you can relate, but uh, every once in a while the devil will put my radio station on a rock station, and uh, there'll, be a, there'll, be a, there'll be a song on the radio and what is so crazy with memory is sometimes that there will be there will be songs that will ignite a memory. And uh, unfortunately, when you've lived in the world for a season, not all those songs are good songs. Not all those songs are are good memories. And I get to a place where I begin to judge myself and criticize myself and begin to remember the things of the past that, that I messed up. And then I begin to say, I can't forgive myself. I, I'm at a place where there's no forgiveness. And God said in Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after flesh, but after the spirit. And I realize that I can forgive myself because God forgives me. And if God forgives me, then I can forgive myself. Then there are moments of frustration when you do everything you know to do. You're trying to do the right thing. No matter how much you try to do the right thing, it seems like that bad things happen. 
and then you get the attitude of it's not worth it. This walk is not worth it. This sacrifice is not worth it. This investment is not worth it. This job, this business, this marriage, this ministry, it's not worth it. And the Romans 8 and 28 says, All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, which are called by our name, his name. And then we realize it is worth it because God puts his stamp of approval upon your life, your marriage, your ministry, your job, your destiny, your, your legacy. It is worth it because God said it was worth it, and that's why he gave his son. And then, obviously, you get into a, a, an environment of where everybody you feel is smarter than you are. Can anybody relate? Everybody is smarter. I mean, they can, they can work their smartphone. They can go on the computer. They can pull this up. They can pull that up. They know all there is to know about this particular area of life. And then I get to a place where I just, I'm not, I'm dumb. I am not smart enough to do what needs to be done. And in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, God said, I will give you wisdom. Aren't you glad this morning you are smart enough? He gave you the ability and the talent and the favor and the blessing to work it out. And then sometimes when you take on projects or you feel a, a, a nudge or, or, or something that you want to be a part of, you realize that not only am I not smart enough, but I'm not able. I am not able to do what I'm called to do. I'm not able to pursue what I'm called to pursue. It's at a place where I feel like I've run out of ability I've run out of a, a talent. I'm not able. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 18, God says, I am able, therefore you are able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And that's what God does for us. He puts that ability and talent in us. And then you get to a place, and this usually comes around Thursday afternoon, where you just feel like, I'm done. I'm, I can't go on. I'm done. I've, I've, I've done all I can do. I'm out of energy. I'm out of hope. I'm out of faith. I can't do anymore. And then 2 Corinthians 2 and 9, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. No matter how wore out you feel, no matter how spent you feel, there's always grace there that we can lean upon and trust upon that will carry us through the Friday, through the Saturday, through the Sunday, through the Monday, through every day of our life, through every challenge of our life, through every goal in our life that he is able to do that and we rely upon that and we depend upon that. And then I realized not only can I not go on and I can, can I not do it, but then I get to a place where I feel like financially, it seems like everybody has their hand in your pocket. Can you can relate? It seems like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now Peter's broke, so you find his cousin Larry, and you beat him up and take his money away. And you spend Larry's money, and you spend Peter's money and Paul's money. And then you're like, wow, I, I'm at a place where I am broke. I am, I am busted. Then Philippians 4, 19, God said, I shall supply all your need and glory by Christ Jesus. And I realize I am not broke. I am rich. I am blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. God allows me to have God ideas, good ideas, good inventions, good, incre good creations, good worth. I'm going to make good business decisions. Got to bring things into my life that I'm going to pray about. And it's got to say, yes, this is the way I want you to go in it. And then I think of everyone when you get to the age that, 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 that I'm at, I'm a little closer to midnight than I am to dawn, and I begin to reflect, um, am I able to do everything that, that God has called me to do, and can I 
per pursue everything God's called me to pursue, and can I accomplish? And I think sometimes if you're not careful, you'll allow the fear factor to tell you you're not going to be able to do it. You're not good enough. You don't have the talent. You don't have the ability. You don't have the time. You're running out of time. You're old now. You're wore out. You're beat up. You're whatever. And then 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God says, I have not given you the spirit of intimidation or fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And then you realize you tap into that power. You tap into that love. You tap into that sound mind. And then like everybody else, like Elijah, you feel like you're the only one out there. I'm the only one that's doing right. I'm the only one that's trying to live my life. I'm the only one that's trying to be a God child and do what God wants me to do. And I feel all alone. Then Hebrews 13 and 15, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you even until the end of time. And I realize I can do what God has called me to do. And I can be what God has called me to be because he told me to cast all my care on him for he cares for me. So this morning, we want you to know that there is a place. It's called an altar. It's a mental state that you can leave the junk. You can leave the frustration. You can leave the fear. And you can determine today is the first day of the rest of my life. I may have dropped the ball yesterday, but the promises of God are yea and amen. And great is his faithfulness. Can anybody relate? Can you give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation? So this morning, instead of leaving the building smelling like cigarette smoke, this morning we leave the building with the Shekinah glory, with the vapor of God, with the anointing of God, with the hand of God on our life. Father, we thank you for this season in our life that we realize that we're not alone, that you are in control and you work everything out for our good. The picture may not be clear. The season may be clouded, and there may be times when we struggle and we just really, really question, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I saying what I'm supposed to be saying? Am I living the life I'm supposed to be living? And I realize that you're not a God that judges me, but you're an intercessor that helps me, that, that you, go, you go to the battle in my place, you defeat the enemy in my name, and we thank you for that. We praise you for that. And in Jesus' name, we give you all praise, all honor, all glory. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation this morning? It is a great day. It's a beautiful Sunday for you to go and enjoy time with the family, time with your friends. I'm going to give you a chance to sow in an offering this morning. The Word says we bring His tithe, our offering, into the storehouse. And uh, while you're doing that, something very uh, funny happened to me this week. Um, I don't know if it's just a sign of... Uh, senility or old age or or what but I lost my keys and they were really lost and they were good and lost and uh, I went everywhere looking for my keys and I couldn't find my keys and then lo and behold Chris they were in my pocket they were in my pocket this morning what was so funny I'm trying to rush around and get ready and Pastor Billy called and we always whenever he calls I try to drop everything I'm doing and talk to him so I'm while I'm talking to him uh, he had the um, the enforcer of the hell's angels gave his heart to God in his ministry, and last and last night the enforcer brought two of his sons, and Chris they were mean they were mean they were uh, they told Pastor Bill after service the whole time you were talking we wanted to kill you, 
And Pastor Billy said, why would you want to kill me? I, I didn't. No, we just wanted to kill you. And at the end of the service, they gave their hearts to the Lord, and different ones got around them, and they started casting out demons and all these all these scary things begin. I mean, these guys are murderers. They're, they're, they're just bad people. And, uh, but you know what? God came whosoever to get saved. And while he's sharing, while he's sharing all of that hot rod, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get my wallet. I'm trying to get everything. I'm trying to head towards the, 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 the suburban, to head towards the church. And I can't find my phone. So I go upstairs. I go upstairs in the bathroom. It's not on the cell. And I go downstairs on the table. And I'm, so I'm talking to him. And I'm trying to carry on a conversation with him. And I'm looking for my, my phone. And it's in my hand. And I, I hope that's happened to somebody here this morning. I hope I'm not the only one getting so senile that my keys wind up in my pocket, that my phone winds up in my hand, and I'm not that far out there, that I'm going to make it. I'm not a lost cause. That there is hope for me. And as I, as I pursue the age of 63, I'm just going to believe it's going to be a good year, that God's going to let me laugh at all my silly mistakes and the silly things that I do. We love you with the love of the Lord. I uh, want you to sow a seed, hug a neck, shake a hand, bless somebody. Uh, make sure that uh, you, you uh, I don't know that we're going to the Chile thing, but Pastor Ron, I will buy two tickets. I'm a, I, okay. Oh, you're MCS. I'll buy two tickets. I did, <laughs> I, did, uh, I did want you to know that we are, we are in a place right now where there's a family in our church that has no furniture. Uh, they don't have a bed for their son. They don't have a bed to sleep in. They don't have a couch. They don't have a TV. Uh, they're, they're trying to serve a Lord and trying to turn some things around in their life, but they really need some of those basic uh, necessities. So if you have anything uh, that, that would be a blessing in that area, let me know after service. We'll figure out a way to get it to the family and, uh, and bless that family. Hug a neck, shake a hand. Mish? Absolutely. Come up here. I'm going to work. It was either Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. My days are kind of skewed. Taylor's husband, Zach, had a car wreck, went across four lanes of traffic, spun out of control, and was hit. Um, totaled his car, but God is so merciful. He has a broke nose and a black eye. He looks like he's been beat up, but he's in good shape. And I just thank the Lord for keeping him safe because four lanes of traffic in Nashville is bad. He he probably shouldn't have gotten the minor injuries that he had. He should. His car looks horrible. I mean, it's totaled. It's mangled, but he's alive. So, just want to say thank you, Lord, for that. He just became a father. Yes. Just became a father. Thank God for divine protection. And we live in a we live in a world where we never know from one day to the next where where we're going to be, and that's why we love people now. We love we love you. And we don't want to wait till it's too late to say we appreciate you, we love you, and we care about you, and we love what God is doing in your life. Enjoy this beautiful week. It's going to be gorgeous. Monday looks a little rainy, but other than that, it looks like a beautiful week.